whole lot of news in the resource front uh, this week. It's actually been really busy. Uh, we had Heather McPherson, the NDP member of Parliament, on a little earlier this morning talking about her effort to get more federal oversight of coal projects in Alberta, specifically near the Rockies. Yesterday we had Alberta and Ottawa uh, talking about a deal made with a U.S.-based company for a $1.3 billion clean-burning hydrogen fuel plant near Edmonton. It'd be uh, There's actually three hydrogen facilities operated by this uh, company, Air Products Canada. Uh, three facilities in Alberta. It's now official. The Keystone XL pipeline is dead, dead, dead. TC Energy walking away from the project. The province also saying walking away. Also confirms that Alberta taxpayers are on the hook for at least a $1.3 billion after investing in the project. And then we also had a group of the largest producers in the oil sands announcing a joint strategy uh, on Wednesday to reach net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. 2050 seems like a long way away, but really it's 2021. So I guess it's not that far. Uh, CNR, Synovus, Imperial, MEG Energy, Suncor, all involved in this. So that's where we're going to start, I think. But we can go on to a whole bunch of topics if we like. Max Fawcett, former editor of Alberta Oil and Vancouver Magazines, currently a columnist with National Observer. Uh, Fairly regular guest here on 630 Ched Mornings, joining us once again this morning. Hello, Max. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, We're busy. We've got a lot on our minds these days, man, between stage two opening and all this uh, natural resources news. Uh, Which, uh, uh, why don't you start where you want to? You heard all the things that I just rattled off that has been going on over the last couple of days. Which one tweaks and piques your interest the most? Well, I mean, the one that caught my eye is as a former, you know, energy sector reporter and, and journalist is, is the net zero commitment by the large oil sands companies combined with the TC Energy decision on Keystone. I mean, it, if you were looking for signs from above that things are changing and, and you know, the industry is going in a different direction, I, I'm not sure you get much better than that. The, 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 you know, the Keystone XL thing, we, I think everyone's sort of been, been up and down that road. The truth of the matter is we don't need any more pipelines going forward. If we get uh, yeah, TMX built to, to the coast and, and all signs point to yes on that, we can stop fighting about pipelines. That, that's over. Uh, and we can start focusing on this new, new project, this new challenge, which is getting emissions out of the oil. And it's great to see these oil sands companies making this commitment. Now, you know, I will sort of point out that, you know, yes, 2050 is, is closer than it should be. It makes us all feel very old to think that, but uh-huh. it's also quite, it's also quite far away. Um, and this is, this is sort of a strategy that, you know, oil and gas companies have used in the past where they, they make commitments down the road, but not in front of them. And, and, and it's really the in front of them part that, that is important. So, you know, I think we should be encouraged that they're making this commitment. I think we should be optimistic about it, but we need to, we need to see these words paired with with real action in the near term and ultimately you know i think at some point we need to have a conversation as a province about you know is this is this as much oil as we're going to produce you know is have we reached the ceiling and and do we need to kind of wind it down slowly gently um you know safely and and clean everything up there and and, and move forward you know now move forward in 30 years, but still, we need to start that process. But, you know, the world's not going to change overnight. We're still going to need fossil fuels for a long period of time. You may have developed countries that are moving in this direction, but there are lots of other countries. There's other people that are going to want this. And if if you have ethical oil, if you have companies that are going forward and trying to, to do it in the most responsible way possible, why would you not want to try and sell that fuel to the countries that are not catching up on the on the change? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's why I've never supported, you know, divestment efforts targeted specifically at, at Alberta and Canada, because then, you know, who fills that void? It's other, it's other countries, it's other people. But I think we need to take stock of what's happening in international markets right now. This is moving very fast. Uh, it's moving much faster, I would say, outside of Canada than it is inside of Canada. Uh, and, you know, you have large companies like ExxonMobil, uh, British Petroleum, uh, Chevron, who, who have had big things happening in their boardrooms where they are being forced to sort of cut production, uh, be less ambitious in their in their future plans and, and transition to renewables. And I think, you know, y- yes, there, there, there are OPEC countries that will produce more. There's Russia, but we are not those countries. Uh, and we, we rely on shareholders and investment that, that has a higher standard, quite frankly. You know, that's sort of the, the other side of the ethical oil coin is if you hold yourself to this high standard, then the people who give you their money and invest in you are also going to hold you to that high standard. So I'm not suggesting we need to wind it down tomorrow. But we need to start having that conversation about, you know, what things look like in 20 years. And I think I think the oil sands producers announcement and 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 the, the sort of death of Keystone is a, is a good opportunity to start that. Yeah, because you're not going to change the Keystone situation now. Although I did get a message in from uh, from somebody who was just wondering, you know, uh, there was a deal and then permits getting pulled. And, oh, why couldn't you go to someone like uh, an international trade organization, World Trade Organization, or something and try try and fight it that way? But that that's pretty much a lost cause in a lot of people's minds. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about presidential authority is that it's pretty absolute. Um, and, you know, let's say let's say you get it overturned. Uh, I'm not even sure that TC would want to build it at this point. It's not clear that there's going to be barrels that are going to be put into that pipeline. Uh, so I think they, they're just, they're moving on. You know, TC has made a big investment in, in uh, renewable energy down south in the United States that is going to make their pipeline network there net zero. This, this is where they are going, uh, and I think it's incumbent upon us as Albertans to kind of make peace with that. And, and the good news is we have some of the best renewable assets in North America. We can get excited about this. We can, we can make money here. It's, it's, it is a good news story in a lot of ways. Not always, yeah. but a lot of ways. Well, I, I want to see what your take is on the, on the new hydrogen plant and the deal that was announced uh, yesterday in, in just a second. But let's just finish up on the oil sands and the net zero emissions, if we can. The, the companies, in, in a lot of ways, didn't really have a choice. So the federal government, the provincial government are involved in this deal. The companies are involved in this deal. But the, the regulations that are b- growing and being put in place the federal government mean that the oil sands companies really didn't have much of a choice either but to play ball well it's it, it's actually about attracting capital so it, you're seeing this now in the united states with a lot of oil companies down there they, they are not being pressured by their federal government certainly not you know on the four years of donald trump but they are moving in this direction as well because capital markets are telling them if you want our money if you want to have us buy your bonds hold your shares invest in your company you need to go in this direction and it's the golden rule the people with the gold make the rules uh what's your take on the on the hydrogen fuel plant that was announced yesterday that that has to be good news it's not uh, i don't know if it falls into the renewable area but it's certainly um, perhaps considered more sustainable yeah renewable adjacent i think I, yeah. I'm, I'm encouraged by it uh, you know we have the opportunity and the ability to produce some of the lowest cost hydrogen in the world uh you know based on any number of studies i've seen and you know albertans are good at making energy that is one of our great strengths so why not apply that strength to a new a part of the market, a part of the market that could grow very substantially over the next 30, 40 years um, and, and ship that stuff around the world. And, and, you know, the good news here is that this is not a, a product that is going to get people on the on the two coasts uh, upset because 
uh, in BC, uh, they can produce green hydrogen. In Quebec, they can produce green hydrogen. They're they're a part of this, and and so I think, that, you know, again, the, the pipeline battles of the past, uh, I do think are are going to be behind us. Uh, especially when it comes to hydrogen. Yeah, and we we still have the Trans Mountain uh, XL pipeline uh, that's that's being or the expansion rather that and that's going to be done fairly soon too. Isn't that like 2022 that's supposed to be done? Supposed to be. Uh, you know, never. You know, in, in the world yeah, of pipelines, well. you really never say never. But you know, the really good news th- this week was the, there's a new consortium that was struck between uh, a group of indigenous communities along the route and Pembina Pipeline. Pembina is one of the best companies in the, in the province. They are so good at, at building pipelines, at winning community support, at, at doing everything that needs to be done. And they're going to take a 50% stake in a consortium where they're going to bid on buying the Trans Mountain Pipeline. I think that would be a, a win for everyone. And, and so it's good to see a, a major corporate presence uh making a making a play there and stepping up i I think it'll happen all right we shall see (laughs) as with all of these things we get to sit back and watch and see how it's going to work out and uh, we'll have our conversations down the road max appreciate your time this morning exactly thanks for having me on Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.